come with me. We're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get ecstatic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Bon Beanie, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of Fantastic Cruising 2020. I am Matt. And I am Kimbra. And I hope everybody is having a good 2020 so far. I definitely am. That's good. That's good. I'm glad you're having a good year because if you're not having a good year, then I'm not having a good year, obviously. So that's all uh, That's all good news. That's a really good way to respond to that. <laughs> that was what we call the right answer. The correct response. Now, we had some New Year's fun. We went down to Miami. And saw your mom. We did. And Rob. It was awesome. It was pretty, it was fantastic, I would say. It was indeed. We did a lot of cool stuff. What, what did we do in Miami? Well, we went to the beach and we went to the Miami Sea Aquarium. Yeah, now let me just say, okay, the, the beach, we did go to the beach and it was a little windy and a little rainy for the first part of our trip, but then it got really, we weather ended up being pretty nice. Miami Sea Aquarium... I, you know, can't recommend it. No, it definitely needs some major work to be something I'd go back to. I was there somewhere around 1995. I don't think they've updated anything. Yeah, it definitely looks like it's a little run down. It's just not up to my standards for sure. <laughs> no, I think they're doing some good stuff there. They're doing some rehab with sea turtles with manatees i don't think it's a bad facility in that sense of it uh but they need to work on their signage and uh and you know they're charging like 45 dollars or something like that to get in 47 dollars. i don't know we got in for free but um but if i would have paid that i'd have been kind of disappointed yeah definitely my biggest issue with the place was either there was no signage or the signage there didn't match what it was signaging yeah, I mean, if you're going to have a few fish aquariums and then you have signs for the wrong fish that are in there, that's bad. Yeah. That's bad. Anyway, I don't want to I don't want to rip on them because I'm sure they have a lot of, you know, issues and stuff as as all institutions do. Uh if you can get in there at a reduced rate, they do have some good things going on there, but uh, just just be forewarned. We also went to South Beach. What do you think of South Beach? South Beach was different <laughs> but it was fun we we had ginormous margaritas there yes ginormous and expensive margaritas yeah it was they said they said buy one get one and then we got the bill 45 dollars for a margarita now mind you this margarita was i don't know maybe a half a gallon this was something. a huge margarita <laughs> But but still, I mean, I, I twenty dollars. Look, it was so big. If they would have been twenty dollar margaritas, I'd have been like, okay, that was probably worth it. Especially buy one get one. But forty five dollars was a bit much. Yeah, come on, it, South it was Beach. definitely a surprise. Luckily, my stepdad is super awesome, and <laughs> he he bought our dinner that night, so we did okay. But. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they're gonna listen to this, but uh, but they really took care of us, and uh, we really appreciate that. That was really awesome. And yeah, just really cool. 
Now, what else did we do? We went up to Fort Lauderdale. We did. We took, we took the train to Fort Lauderdale. We took the Brightline train up to Fort Lauderdale. It was like a 30-minute, real smooth, nice nice train. The, the train station smelled real lemony and clean. But it was a fun train ride up to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. It's weird when you note the smell of a train station and it's positive. <laughs> I feel like that's not the norm. Yeah, it was it was kind of funny because we were staying in Sunny Isles, which is kind of North Beach, Miami. So we actually drove 30 minutes south to ride a train for 30 minutes to what would have been a 30 minute drive north to get to Fort Lauderdale. I think it was worth it, though. It was worth it. It, it was, was fun. It was a fun little experience. And let me tell you, if you are maybe flying into Fort Lauderdale to go on a cruise to Miami or out of Miami, uh, this is a great option for getting from point A to point B. It was, yeah, like you said, it was really clean. It just went really smoothly. Everybody was super friendly. Like, it was a great experience. And I would highly recommend taking the Bright Line. Yeah, it was awesome. I even, I was looking on their website since I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but I was looking on there and it said something like you can call and do like a package thing and they'll like give you like a lift code or something. So you do the Bright Line and then you do the lift thing and they get you right to the port. It was Pretty cool deal. Nice. I didn't look that much into it, but if it's something that, that you're trying to do, do it. Yeah, definitely a cool thing. And uh, I think, I don't know, it, it goes from Miami to Fort Lauderdale to West Palm Beach. So that's pretty cool. And I don't know, we, we heard rumors that there's a train that's going to be going from like the Miami area or something all the way up to Orlando. And uh, I should probably research that a little bit more. I don't know if that's Brightline or a different train, but wouldn't that be cool to be able to take a train all the way back and forth from like Miami to Orlando? Like if we cruised out of Miami and we could just go to Orlando and then take the train down, just park in, in Miami or in Orlando somewhere, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. What would be even better is if they did a train from Tampa to Orlando and then Orlando to Miami, and then we don't have to drive at all. That would be great, but that got voted yeah, down. Yeah, that'll never happen, but that's okay. That would have been, yeah, that would have been super, super cool. All right, what else did we do while we were in Miami? Did we do anything else? Um, We did the, I mean, we did the New Year's Eve thing at like a hotel yeah, that was fun. Yeah, we was had time. a fancy four-course dinner. Was it four courses? Yeah, four-course dinner, fancy yeah, four meal, um, music, drinks. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, that was fun. And um, we, I think that was about it. We just it. hung I mean, out, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. We had a but pretty nice view from our balcony. We did. Yeah, it was It was nice. It was. It was a nice experience. Good time. Oh, Matt. Hanging with the family. What? We got towel animals. We did, didn't we? I mean, this is like a condo we stayed in, so we didn't have like room service coming in every day. So, But when we showed up, we had the, the two like swans that make a heart, and then and that was on our bed. And then uh, uh, what Rob and your mom, they had, they had just like a rolled up towel in their bed. Then they had the bigger bed, but then they had like a little swan or something in the bathroom. I yeah, think. some sort of pointy nosed curvy necked animal <laughs> <laughs> so that was good now now speaking of animals we did go to the beach on that like first day or so and it was so windy and because of that we got to see a lot of interesting cruise type creatures right was, there on the beach yeah all kinds of stuff it was really low tide so it looked like everything that had like washed up was up 
It was almost like a drop off where you could yeah. see where where high tide sort of comes in to where low tide was. So, you you know, it was like probably a four or five foot drop off in a, in a rather short amount of space. But then right at that upper tide line, there were a bunch of pieces of like soft corals. There were some stony coral skeletons. There were sponges. And fan coral. What's that? Fan, fan corals. Coral, yeah, yeah. Sea fans. Uh, yeah, but but the really kind of cool thing was that the beach was covered in Portuguese man of war. When you say covered, do you mean like covered? I mean, what? We walked down the beach maybe a mile or so, and I would say that we probably saw over 100. Oh, yeah. Every, every two steps, there is probably less than every two steps. They were... Covered. Yeah, covered. I think the word you're looking for there is covered. Covered. They were everywhere. (laughs) It was insane. Now, because of that, um, we thought we should make that the cruise creature for this week. The Portuguese man of war, or as it's sometimes just known as the man of war. And if you're over in Oz, they call them blue bottles or the Australian blue bottles. But I got to tell you, those are technically different animals. Now, it's kind of funny because... We kind of re-listened to the, the episode we did about what happens if you get stung and stuff. And I asked you a question in that episode. Had you ever seen a jellyfish or a Portuguese man of war? And you had just seen the, the moon jellies that we found sort of deteriorated mm-hmm. that one time. But now you have seen a man of war. I have. Not alive. No. Well, I mean. Well, I guess kind of. They might have been alive. So they were pretty fresh. They were still wet. Uh, their tentacles, if, if you're not familiar, let me just describe what these animals look like. So they, they sort of have a, a balloon shape to them. It's, it's actually is a gas-filled sack that floats above the water and resembles the sails of old Portuguese man-of-war ships. That's where they get the name Portuguese man-of-war. And, uh, and so if you see them in the water, they're normally floating. Now, they can let that gas out um, and sink temporarily but normally they don't do that so they're floating around and uh it's kind of a bluish color that's why they call them blue bottles in australia for that species they look pretty much identical to the portuguese man of war and uh, their tentacles are purple so they're really kind of pretty animals but they're also pretty painful and let me also say this if you see them on the beach uh don't pick them up just because they're on the beach if you think they're dead if they are dead they can still pack a what? A wallop. That's right. They can pack a wallop. One of my favorite words. So, yeah. So Portuguese man of war are interesting because they're in the same phylum as a jellyfish, which is Nidaria, which is the same phylum that coral is in and uh, a few other animals. Sea anemones are in that group. But they're not actually a jellyfish, even though... They float around and can sting you with their tentacles, which is a very jellyfish type of thing to do. You know, like that's kind of like a jelly thing. Like, you know, they sting you with their tentacles. Like everybody knows that, right? That's a, that's what jellies do. They sting you with their tentacles. But the difference is jellies don't float on the top of the water. They're under the water swimming around. Portuguese man of war are floaters and they're very susceptible to winds. That's why they get washed up on shore on a windy day. Whereas jellies can sort of undulate and move to some degree against the currents. Portuguese man of war, they don't, they don't really have the ability to do that very much at all. So they're, they're going to get 
swept all around and stuff. The other big difference, and this is weird. Okay. This is really weird. If you look at a jellyfish, you're looking at one animal, a single animal, multicellular animal. If you look at a Portuguese man of war, you are actually technically looking at thousands of animals living together as one animal. What? That's crazy, right? Because that's what they are. There are actually several different types of cells that are individual animals that live symbiotically together. They can't survive on their own, but they live together. They depend on one another and they make up this colonial thing called the Portuguese man of war. And that may seem really insane, but it's not that much different than coral because coral is kind of the same deal. It's kind of a, a colony of little polyp animals all connected through this tissue called mesoglia. And they are acting as one animal living together as a bunch of animals. So it's, it's a very similar type of, of scenario. Some of these little cells are in the bell or the, or the gas filled chamber of the Portuguese man of war. Some of them are in the tentacles of the Portuguese man of war. Some are responsible for the, for the defense. They're the stingers, some for the digestion, some for the reproduction. Bow chicka bow wow. Probably not that exciting for a Portuguese man of war, but Hey, they still do it, right? They got to do it. So yeah. So that's kind of crazy. That's so it's, it's like an office with a bunch of different departments. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way. I usually describe coral as like a, an apartment building, but an office may be a more accurate description because in the case of the Portuguese man of war, you have different different sections doing different jobs. Whereas in coral, it's all kind of the same thing over and over again, living together and connected by this tissue. So yeah, it's a good way to think of it. It's like an office, not the television show, the office. So that'd be like a dysfunctional man of war. That, that would be, that would be an interesting man of war <laughs> for sure. Now they use the same stinging mechanisms as jellies do these tiny cells called nematocysts. And basically what happens is these are little sacs that have a trigger mechanism on them. And inside that sack is venom and a little harpoon thing. And this, this little cell, this little nematocyst cell, if you touch the trigger, then, uh, or if something sets that trigger off, then it shoots the harpoon and pumps the venom into whatever it shoots into. Now, because of this, treating man of war stings can be a little tricky. And there's some controversy about how to do it. Most parts of the world agree that treating man of war, and I think everybody's in agreement on jellies, the best way to do it is with vinegar. Vinegar, what it does is it starts to break down that, that chemical, the chemistry of the venom and uh, help to make the sting a little bit less potent. But in Australia, they don't agree with that. They think that the vinegar can actually make the stinging worse. And so they just recommend seawater. Some people even think putting seawater on there will, will cause a problem. I can tell you this, fresh water definitely is the bad is a bad idea. Don't ever put fresh water on it until you've deactivated those stinging cells. Your best bet is probably vinegar or seawater to get until it stops actually stinging and then you want to use hot water as hot as a person can tolerate so that that can just help relieve the pain. Pretty crazy, right? 
Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to carry vinegar to our uh, <laughs> beach excursions. So here's what I would say. If you're at a place that has some sort of lifeguard, uh, they are probably prepared for this. So um, they probably have vinegar or whatever is recommended for treating these things, especially like in the case of, of Miami where we were. I mean, there were so many of these man of war. I'm sure people are picking them up on the beach, not knowing and getting stung. So they have to have a way to deal with that. So hopefully you can find somebody that is permanently at that beach, whether it be a lifeguard or something that can help you out. But some cases you may be on your own though. So just, uh, just know about that. Now here's the other crazy thing about the man of war. The, the big gas filled part is, can be kind of big. The ones we saw were pretty small. I mean, all the, all the, the gas parts of the man of war we saw, I think the biggest one we saw was probably what, like four inches, maybe something like that. Yeah. That one, there was one that was, I'd say maybe six inches. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. they can they can get bigger than that. They can get up to like almost twelve inches. But um, but what's crazy is the size of their of their tentacles. So I don't know how long the tentacles were on the man of war we saw. They were kind of trampled in the sand. I, I would say some of them were definitely probably two to three feet long, dragging behind this kind of smaller individual animal. But they have, it's, it's very common for them to have tentacles that can extend 33 feet out into the water. That's too many feet. <laughs> well, that's, it's not unheard of for them to have tentacles that can go 98 feet out into the water. That's even more too many feet. Yes. That is insane. It's insane. And a lot of times there are bunches of these guys floating together. So the one of the things that makes man of war worse than jellies in general, there are some jellies that, that pack more of a wallop, is that a lot of times you get a lot of tentacles stuck on you. And so you get a lot more stinging. And if there's multiple animals, you can get multiple jellies too. Uh, you might get a whole bunch of stings. That's when it can become a dangerous situation. It is rare that people have life-threatening situations from getting stung by Portuguese man of war, but it is not unheard of or impossible. So if you or somebody you know or somebody you see is stung by a man of war and they are really having a lot of pain or if they're having any difficulty breathing or anything like that, you definitely want to get them to some emergency help right away to make sure that they're not going into anaphylactic shock or anything like that. But most of the time, the pain's going to last a few hours and then you're going to have some pretty welts on wherever you got stung that are going to last for a while. And that's going to be about the end of it. So that about wraps it up for the Portuguese man of war. Look, if you see these animals, they are beautiful. They are neat to look at. It is safe to touch the, the gas part of the animal as long as there's no tentacles over that. And we did that, right? You touched that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, even your mom did. Yeah, I, it was, I was shocked. She didn't want to. She said, nope. And then I did it. And then you did it. And then <laughs> a, as soon as Rob did it, then she was like, okay, I guess if Rob's going to touch it, it'll be okay. Ro- Rob's like her, her taste tester. Like, you know, he eats the food. If he doesn't die from poisoning, then she knows it's okay for her. Yeah, that's basically how. I mean, just, just like you and me. <laughs> so, yeah. So admire them, but from a distance. So that's going to wrap up our cruise creature segment. Portuguese Man of War, or if you're in Oz, the Australian Blue Bottle. And now it's time for some cruise etiquette. Wash your hands. Wash my hands? Right now? No. When? 
When on I, a cruise, Matt, oh, you should always oh, yeah, wash your hands. Etiquette. Wash my hands. Why can't I just use the hand sanitizer? They got hand sanitizer everywhere. In fact, I've seen videos of hand sanitizer. There were three deep, like in the same thing, like bloom, 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 hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer. Why can't I just use the hand sanitizer? So the hand sanitizer is definitely useful, but there's a an experiment that we saw with bread, and it was like people touched this bread with just their regular hands and then they used hand sanitizer and touched the bread and then they washed their hands with soap and water and touched the bread and after like a week or a couple days or something the amount of mold on this bread was insanely different between the three so okay so let me get this straight so they had they had like a one that was like i, I think i saw a part of this there was one piece of bread that they didn't touch and that one stayed mold free there was one that they, they like ran over the keyboard of a computer and that thing looked like like disgusting uh, with mold. There was one that they used hand sanitizer and it, it still had some mold on it. It did. It still had some mold. It wasn't nearly as bad as that one that they like got real dirty. Yeah, and that stuff. was that was almost like over the top. Yeah, right? but it still had some stuff on it. it Does make you think because it ran it ran it across like a laptop keyboard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at my keyboard right now, going, hmm, "Where have you been?" <laughs> uh, and then and then the other one was soap and water, and there was barely any mold at all. Yeah, almost nothing. Like it almost looked like the the bread that just didn't wasn't touched at all. So. So here's the cruise etiquette is wash your hands. Wash, and it's, you know the song, wash your hands, washy, washy, because that hand sanitizer, here's the thing. If you have a piece of crap on your hand and then you squirt some hand sanitizer and rub it all over that, you know what you have? You have a piece of crap with hand sanitizer on it. <laughs> okay, that's what you've got. If you wash your hands then you're washing the crap, sorry, mom, you're washing the crap down the drain with this, and the soap is helping to speed that process along. I saw, I think it might've been a different experiment or, or maybe it's just people talking about it. They were saying that rinsing your hands and just plain water was even better than hand sanitizer. So I'm not saying don't use a hand sanitizer. Do use the hand sanitizer. I'm not saying don't forget to wash your hands and wash them often because that's more important. Yeah, definitely. And so, so wait a minute, Matt, how is that actually cruise etiquette? Isn't that just being clean? I mean, first of all, it's etiquette for yourself because you're going to keep yourself from getting sick or at least as likely getting sick. But if you're doing that on the cruise that I'm on, you're increasing the odds of everybody else getting sick because when you get the germs on your hands and then you're touching banisters and you're touching spoons going into the buffet and you're touching all this stuff. And then I come along and touch it. And then I forget that one time to wash my hands or I, or I just hand sanitized, thought that was enough. Now you're spreading it to everybody else. So, you know, don't be patient zero or whatever they call it. Just wash your hands. So wash your hands. Good cruise etiquette. Got it. <laughs> Okay, Matt, I've got a question for you. You got a question for me? I do. Is it about Man of War? No. No. Okay. Go ahead. What's your question? Okay. Would you rather swim with a leatherback t- 
a leatherback sea turtle. Did you say a tea turtle? I did a sea turtle, a tea turtle, whatever. Would you <laughs> rather swim with a leatherback sea turtle or a manta ray? Ooh, ooh. I haven't done either, so they're both new experiences for me. I almost swam with a manta ray. I have seen manta rays at the Georgia Aquarium. Uh, we thought when I was on the whale shark one, they thought they saw a manta ray, but it was just another whale shark. <sighs> I'm going to say leatherback sea turtle because that is one of my animals that I don't know if I'll ever get to see one, but that is one of them that's high on my list to see. So swimming with one would be like awesome. Fantastic. What about you? So this one was hard for me and I came up with a question. So... I don't know why I put myself in this situation. <laughs> um, so I've gone back and forth a couple times. I think a manta ray would be really, really cool. They're like huge and majestic and cool. But Matt, what's my favorite animal? Turtles. That's I, right. Well, it's one of my favorite. I have like 12. but No, but turtles usually what you say. Absolutely. Turtle. So it's got to be the leatherback sea turtle. Yeah. I mean, come on. A seven, eight foot turtle. I mean, how cool is that? Swimming yeah, in the water. Absolutely. Eating, eating Portuguese man of war. So you don't have to worry about it. If you see one, then it's probably eating, eating it. So, you you know, no, no it's worries. It's almost like I planned that question, except I absolutely <laughs> didn't. <laughs> okay, well, it's time to go to our main topic. And this week, our main topic is cruise mistakes. Mistakes that you make while cruising. So we have compiled a list of mistakes that people make when they're cruising, usually it's first-time cruisers, but not always. So I know a lot of our listeners are not first-time cruisers. You may be saved from one of these mistakes by listening to this, or you may have something to add when we're done. Okay, Matt. So I'm going to start us off with the wrong fit. The wrong fit, like your shoes? Well, kind of, yeah. So, you know, do some research, plan out your cruise correctly, make sure that you're going to ports that you want to go to, right ship, you know, make sure you choose your cabin type. So basically, if you're choosing just whatever, it might not be for you. Yeah. And this one is probably a good example of one that could be made a mistake that could be made by somebody who's not a new cruiser because you're just like, I just want to get on the ship. I just want to cruise, man. And then you go on the cruise and you're like, well, this kind of happened to you, right? Because you cruised to what Nassau and um, Princess wh- Princess K yeah and it was cold <laughs> yeah it was like I'm sure that cruise would have been awesome but it it was the wrong fit I will never cruise in January again well in January that far north because right. if you look okay. at a map Nassau is further north than Miami that's a good point so I will never go to Nassau in January again <laughs> so yeah so be aware do your research and make sure that you are going on the right ship don't you know on the right time of year to the right ports i mean yeah i'm i will always say that i can't imagine having a bad cruise but there are some things that can definitely make your cruise not as good and so those are the things you want to think about you want to make sure that you optimize your cruise whenever you can absolutely now the next thing i have on here is kind of related to that and that is going with the wrong shipmates Okay, we all have different things we like to do on the cruise and and different expectations and different wants and needs and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, 
the, the beauty of cruising is that you do have a lot of freedom to do your own thing. But I'm sure if you're cruising with somebody, sometimes you want to do the same things. And so you want to make sure that they kind of are on the same page with you or that they're okay with you doing different stuff. Hopefully you're the right shipmate for me. <laughs> I hope so too. I hope so too. But yeah, I mean, you, you may go on a cruise with somebody that doesn't want to get off the ship at a port and you're like a port person. And that's the main thing you want to do is get off the ship at a port. Or there's other things too. You might go on a cruise with somebody who is a negative Nancy, not a nurse Nancy. She'd be an awesome shipmate, but a negative Nancy. And they just want to complain about everything. They just can't have a good time. They're just, they're going to bring you down, man. You don't need that vibe in your life. Make sure that when you go cruising, that you are cruising with somebody who's going to be fun and who is going to make sure that you are going to have the best experience that you have because they're going to be having the best experience that they can have. Next, we have missing documents. Oh, paperwork. Yeah, so make sure you get your your passport or birth certificate, um, all of your check-in papers, whatever you need. Make sure you've got it before you go on the cruise. Because if you show up at that terminal and you don't have something, you're probably not going to cruise how terrible is that? Like how, like we're talking about cruise mistakes. Most of these mistakes would be like, Oh, that's a bummer. This is the mistake that keeps you from getting on the ship. This is the worst kind of mistake you can make is not having your passport, which I strongly recommend you get a passport. Or if you don't have that, not having the right birth certificate, it's gotta be with the one with the raised seal and all that sort of thing. So yeah, in fact, we were watching some YouTube videos, doing a little homework on the brilliance, and I came across an old sea cruiser video where their daughter couldn't get on the ship because they applied for a new passport for her, and they actually sent her birth certificate off to, uh, to take care of that. So they were planning on using the birth certificate to get on the ship, and then they couldn't do that because they didn't realize they were going to send the birth certificate off, and then they, it was, yeah, and so she didn't get to go on the cruise. Don't do that. Don't make that mistake. Make sure ahead of time that you are definitely going to have your paperwork and then check it, recheck it, check it again as you go to the port. So here's what's kind of funny about the passport thing, Matt. I know that we pulled our passports out for something a, a couple months ago and they're sitting over on your desk. And once in a while, like I have kind of a spot for it, but it's not something that I use very often. And obviously it's not in that spot right now because it's on your desk. And I find myself every time we walk into the command center, I look That's over our computer at your room, by the way, I look over at your, your desk to make sure that they're still there. <laughs> so we don't forget them for our upcoming cruise. Yeah. The other thing is I, I always panic about when it's going to expire because passports have a long time before they expire it's like 10 10 years or 15 i don't know it's 10 years 10 years but uh but i'm like oh man is is it coming up like i need to check it and make sure like so that because it takes like a while it takes like several weeks to get that back so you want to make sure that you've got all that set up and ready to go and your passport doesn't expire like three days before you get on the cruise oh, that would be rough that would be terrible terrible now here's the next thing is um you didn't get travel insurance. Sometimes cruises get canceled. Sometimes 
plane flights get delayed. Sometimes things just don't go right. You you have a medical thing happen or, or something that you can't go on the cruise. If you don't have travel insurance, you're going to lose all that money. And if you go on that cruise and something happens to you, that's even worse. So don't make the mistake of not getting travel insurance. I didn't get travel insurance on my first few cruises. And I mean, you know, normally you're going to be okay, but that's like, and, and people, sometimes people say that they're like, I never get it. I, I'm not going to need it. That's like saying I drive a car without insurance because I'm not going to need it. Yeah. Hopefully you're not going to need it. Hopefully you're never going to need it. But if you do need it and you don't have it, that could really change your entire life. So get travel insurance. Don't make that mistake. I guess I look a little differently on travel insurance for now. I've been on four cruises with no travel insurance, but I guess I'll be getting it now. Yes, you will. <laughs> because, because like I said, you have never had anything happen to you, and I hope that nothing ever does happen to you. But if it did, it'd be like if you were driving your car and you got into an accident and you didn't have insurance. You're like, well, I've been driving my car for you know, 14 years or whatever. I've never had an accident. But then you do, if you don't have that insurance, now you're getting sued for medical damages. You've lost your car. I mean, that is not, travel insurance isn't that expensive. That is not something to play around with. Just suck it up, get travel insurance. Trust me, it is a big mistake to not have travel insurance. Good point. The next mistake you want to avoid is underpacking or overpacking. Oh, I never underpack or overpack. I do. <laughs> I do too. I always overpack. Just a little. I'm better at it now, but... Overpacking is my middle name. Is it Kimbra Overpacking Schaefer? Yep, that's me. Koss. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Hope. Well, thanks for telling the world my name. <laughs> it's a good middle name, right? Hope? It, it is, but it's not something that I just share with everyone. <laughs> yeah, look, when you're packing, think about it. Make a list. Make a checklist. That's what I do. I am not a super organized person in most things in life, <laughs> but when it comes to packing for a cruise, I make a checklist and I go through it several times because the last thing I want to do is forget my batteries for my camera or a charger for my camera or forget like some vital piece of clothing or gear that I need. I want to make sure that I don't run out of clean underwear. You know, make sure you know what you need. Sit down, think about it. Don't do it the day before. Do it like the month before. Make your list. And then you can add to the list if you think of something in between them. Because if you're trying to come up with it at the last minute, you're probably going to forget something. So don't do that to yourself. And then you can pack and feel more comfortable and confident about what and when you pack. I think packing is the most stressful part of cruising for me. Do you make a list? Well, I try. I don't usually do it well. Like, I've seen you make your list for cruising and you're like, okay, I need this shirt and these shorts. And I'm like, I can't do it that way. I'm like, <laughs> I need an outfit for this day. Will it be a dress? Will it be shorts and a shirt? Will it be a tank top and pants? Like, I can't just say I need shorts and a shirt. Well, but that's kind of what I do because I, I just go, I just think about it day after day. I'm like, okay. First day of the cruise, what am I wearing? Well, I'm wearing this on the ship. Do I need any other clothes? Oh, I need some clothes for to go to the MDR that night. 
Second day, what do I need? Do I need swim trunks? Do I, you know, and then, and then I usually get to the end of that. And then I go, I'm going to throw a couple extra things in just in case. And that usually works out to be more than enough for me. Yeah. I mean, I guess I kind of do that, but, but like I said, I've got, I've got more than shorts and a shirt to think about. I've got dresses and I've got fancy dresses and I've got not so fancy dresses. (laughs) And then I've got, I've got this shirt then I've got the t-shirt and then I've got the the sweatshirt and then I've got the long pants and I've got the capri pants and I've got it's just I it's just not shorts and shirt well I don't know I guess I'm just glad I'm a dude yeah must be nice (laughs) all right another thing that you don't want to make a mistake on is is don't don't forget to bring some cash with you a lot of people think they're going to be on the ship. They've heard that your cash, that your card that you have on the ship, your your ship sale card or whatever they call it on the different cruise lines, that that's all you need. You just have to have that credit card. Well, guess what? You need cash and you need it before you get on the ship because you need to tip the porters that are taking your bags, if you're checking bags, that are taking your bags on the ship. I mean, you cannot tip them and see what happens you're probably going to be okay. Most of those guys are probably fine, but uh, I don't want to take that chance. I always tip my porters, one, because that's the right thing to do, and two, because I want to make sure my bags make it on the ship, because then it doesn't matter if I misjudge my packing. If the bag ain't on the ship, I'm ship out of luck. So, yeah. And then you once you get on the ship, you probably won't need any cash for most of the stuff on board. Like, you do use your your card for that for the most part. There are very few exceptions to that, but there may be some, okay? But the big other reason that you need cash is when you are in ports. Some people use credit cards in ports. I don't do that. If I Maybe if I had a credit card that was like a low balance credit card, but I don't have a credit card like that. I don't like to use credit cards. So I take cash with me because I just, I know how much I'm willing to spend at a port. That's how much I take. That way I don't overspend. I don't have to worry about credit card fraud. I'm good. I'm gold. So you don't want to use the ATM on the ship. They do have them, but those fees are unfortunate. So uh, don't forget to pack your cash, especially for those porters. Tip your porters, people. Okay, next we have prohibited items. Ooh, what are are you talking about? Yeah, so... So in your in your checked baggage, don't don't pack weapons, alcohol, you know, soda that you're not supposed to have, drugs, you know, don't pack stuff that you're not <laughs> supposed to have. Yeah, I mean, yeah, don't take knives, guns, obviously, stuff like that, fireworks, you know, obvious the obvious stuff that you know, you know not to bring on a cruise, but there are some things that can be a little confusing. Like for example, uh, what happened with, with uh, our friends that tried to bring wine on the ship? Yeah, so my friends Ashley and Josh came down for, it was Ashley's second cruise and Josh's first cruise. And we went and, you know, hung out before their cruise and they got some fun new bottles of wine to take with them. And they put them in their checked baggage. And my fault for not telling them, because obviously I know that they, and they don't, um, they should have taken that on their their carry-on baggage so they put that in their checked luggage and they didn't have it when they got to their room yeah and they didn't give it back either so they lost that wine like two bottles of wine gone no more i'm sure that the crew enjoyed it but uh but yeah so so it's easy for us to 
um, here something like, oh, you can bring one bottle of wine on, or you can bring 12 cans of non-alcoholic beverage on. But if you, if you only hear that part of it, and you don't get the other part. And maybe this is a, like, like a warning for those of us that do know this. If you're talking to new cruisers, make sure you give them all the details. Cause we just didn't think about it. And then they get on, they find out the hard way that, nope, can't go in the checked bags. It's got to go uh, in the in the carry-on. So don't bring anything you're not supposed to have and make sure that if you're bringing stuff that you're following the rules. Next mistake to avoid is don't miss the ship. Because again, that would really that would really be unfortunate. If you miss the ship, that's going to suck. So don't do that. And what I'm saying is get to your port city early. Don't fly in the day of because there's too many things that can go wrong weather and transfers and all sorts of stuff that can happen, traffic jam, get to your port city on time, make sure you're there. Plus, it gives you time to relax, chill, unwind. That first day is going to be the most stressful part of your cruise. So you want to go into it as relaxed as you can. Don't rush last minute to get to the port. Get there early and make sure you don't miss that ship. Another mistake people make is thinking they can miss the mustard drill. You got to get mustard. Yeah, it's yellow and there's lots of different... No, the mustard drill, it's boring and usually unorganized, at least on the cruises I've been on. But if you're not there, then it's just longer for everyone else. Yep, and don't think you're getting out of it because you're not. All you're doing is delaying the inevitable. You're going to have to do the mustard drill. They're going to find you. They're going to get you and they're going to make you sit through a mustard drill. And if people know that you're the one that delayed the mustard drill and everybody's sitting on the deck, sweating, waiting for their cruise to begin, they're not going to look kindly on you. Don't miss the mustard drill. It is an unfortunate necessity of cruising, but you got to do it. What is the worst muster experience you have had so far? Oh, um... I don't know. I think there was one that I did that I was I was probably like the second or third row from the wall. So, of course, there were people like all around me. I couldn't hear what the the crew was talking about. They were like squeezing around to scan my cart. Like I really I I don't even know how long I stood there, but it it just felt like I was just standing in a crowd of people. Yeah, that's what it can be like. Sometimes you're lucky you get to sit down. Sometimes you're even in air conditioning. But in a lot of the cruises I've been on, you're out on the outer deck in rows like herded cattle. And you're just sitting there and there's always some kid right in front of me on their dad's shoulders like hacking and sneezing. And I'm like, oh, you make me sick, kid. But but yeah, so that can be that can be very, very unfortunate. The longer we have to wait, the worse it is. That brings me to the next mistake that people make on the cruise, and that is they forget their patience. Don't forget your patience. Look, you're on vacation. That first day, everybody's anxious. A lot of people are confused. There's going to be people that are aggravated, people that are snapping. Don't be that person. Step back. You're on vacation. Relax. Look, if you're getting stressed out on that first day, I promise you, it's going to get better. Just chill. Just relax. It's going to be okay. Every little thing is going to be all right. Okay. After the mustard <laughs> drill, it all gets better from there. So don't forget your patience. 
So the next mistake is having the wrong attire. Wait, why do you bring a tire on a cruise ship? Not a tire. A tire. Like clothes. Oh, okay. All right. I got you. Yeah. So this kind of goes back to my overpacking thing. Like I, I need to make sure that I have the right clothes for the right things. So make sure you have the right shoes if you're doing excursions and ports. And make sure you have a hat if you don't have any hair, Matt. <clears throat> and... You know, make sure you have your formal wear if you want to go into the MDR on fancy night. You know, you got to make sure you have the right attire. Yeah, and, and that's like, so don't underpack is what you're saying. That's that's where making that packing list and thinking through every day and what's going to happen can be super, super important. I have forgotten my hat before, and uh, it, it is not pretty because my bald head is like a beacon for sunburn. So don't don't do that. If you're bald like me, I know it means you're beautiful, but it also means that your bald head's gonna burn if you're not careful. So did you just call yourself beautiful? I did. I did. Glad you I'm think so beautiful. highly of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying? I'm not beautiful. I didn't say that. Okay. All right. Now here's another thing that people make mistakes on, and that is they they can really rack up an expensive phone bill when you're you get on that cruise ship now. One of the first things you want to do is put your phone into airplane mode or just turn that sucker off. Some people just want to disconnect anyway, but here's what's going to happen. Once you get far enough out, you could get into roaming fees and roaming fees can add up quick and fast. People are texting you. People are calling you and uh, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. You're, you're not going to be happy when you get that phone bill. So make sure that that doesn't happen to you. Turn the phone off or put it into airplane mode. Yeah, that's one of the first things I do. I get on the ship and I call all of my people. And right before we, like, the horn blows and we head out, I put my phone in airplane mode and say, see you guys. If you want to talk to me, I'll see you in however many days. I do test that a little bit when we go out of Tampa because I know that we're going to take, like, two hours or whatever to get through the sky sunshine skyway bridge. And I know that I have phone coverage all through Tampa Bay. And, uh, and so I wait till we pass like Egmont key right outside of Fort DeSoto. And that's when that phone goes into uh, airplane mode after that. So another mistake, which could kind of go along with the, the last one with the, the phone on airplane mode is having the wrong time. You don't know what time it is. Well, I know what time, time it is right now. Okay. <laughs> but so so I've made the mistake of not turning my phone on airplane mode. I actually just turned it off at the beginning of the cruise. And when we were in port, we were somewhere with Wi-Fi. I turned it back on and my phone changed time to where we were. So that then changed my watch's time. Mm. And we were supposed to be back on the ship based on ship time, and I didn't know what time that was because my watch was on a different time. So how, what is the solution to that mistake? So there's a couple solutions. One, put your phone on airplane mode. Make sure that uh, I usually turn the Bluetooth off now um, so that it doesn't change my watch's time. Um, the other thing that you can do is just get a watch that doesn't change, like just a just a cheap watch, like not one that's connected to your phone to keep track of time. I bet you could find one on board if you forget. Probably. And if you wait to the last day, they'll make you remarkable sales. But <laughs> but don't do that. Just just buy one ahead of time and bring it 
bring it on. You don't want that to happen to you because if you have the wrong time, then you might miss the ship at port. And that would be a dire mistake, especially if you don't have travel insurance, because uh, then it's on your dime to get to the next port or to get home. Uh, Don't miss the ship. When you're in port, know what time the ship is going by. Most of the time, ship time is ship time and it stays the same. But there are some cruise lines, some ships where the ship time might change to the local time. It can be confusing. Make sure that you know what time the ship is leaving and what that actual time is. I don't know how many times I can say time in this sentence, but when I get the time, when I get the time. Anyway, um, yeah, know what time it is so you know what time to get back on the ship and pay attention to that. I always give myself, I try and give myself an extra hour and the ship usually gives you like a half an hour to an hour from the time they say you have to be on board. So that gives me like an hour and a half to two hour cushion to get back to the ship and not get left at port because they will leave you. They will definitely leave you in that port if you don't show up. That would be really bad. It would be untimely. Okay. The next mistake, and this is a big mistake in my opinion, is getting sunburnt. Ah, back to the bald head. (laughs) Well, yeah. So I don't really tan. I burn. So you go straight from from peach to red. Basically, like if I don't put on sunburn, sunburn, if I don't put on sunscreen and reapply often, I will be red immediately. Yes. And if you're doing a water activity, that sun is reflecting off of the water and it's even more intense And even if it's cloudy, you can get sunburned in the Caribbean. One mistake that I know a lot of people make, even coming down to Florida, is they think that they've been up north and they've been out in the sun all the time and they're not going to burn because they don't burn up there. Well, guess what? We're at a different angle to that sun down here. And even more down in the Caribbean, it's a lot more intense. And even if you don't burn up north, there's a good chance you're going to burn down south, especially in the Caribbean. So... Uh, a good way to make sure you don't burn is not only wear sunscreen, but if you're doing water activities, this is better for the coral. It's better for you. Wear a rash guard. Wear some sort of clothing that protects you from the sun. And uh, that won't wear off. It won't wash off, and you're going to be safe. And also, if you get stung by a Portuguese man of war, it won't sting you because its nematocyst cells can't go through that fabric. How about I, that? I just got a new rash guard for that reason. I know. Well, it's, not not the Portuguese man of war reason. But to keep the sunburn off. Yeah. Yeah. Not irrational. Rash guards are very rational things to have. <laughs> so make sure that you have a rash guard so you don't get a rash from the sun. Sun rash. rash. I guess that's what they call it, a rash guard. I never heard the word rash guard until I came to Florida. If you don't know what a rash guard is, it's basically a thin layer of clothing that dries quickly that you wear. Usually it's a shirt that they're talking about, but yeah, that's a rash guard. So get a rash guard or wear a t-shirt. That'll do it. You know, they got all these SPF 50 and all this stuff. If you're wearing a layer of clothing that you can't see through, it's, you're probably not going to get sunburned. It's just that simple. Now, one thing that you can get though, no matter what kind of clothes you're wearing is you can get an upset stomach. Indigestion is the struggle is real on a cruise. And this is a mistake that I made and a lot of first time cruisers make. And sometimes repeat cruisers keep making this mistake. And that is 
There is so much food available on a cruise constantly. And the first few cruises I went on, if I saw food, I ate food. I didn't eat seafood, but if I see the food, I would eat it. And I would eat over and over again. I kept going back to the buffet, and then there's MDR at night, and there's breakfast, and then there's second breakfast. I was eating like a hobbit, and by a few days into that cruise, I had an upset stomach. I didn't feel well. Don't overeat on the cruise. The food's going to be there. It's There's going to be plenty of it whenever you want it, whenever you need it. Pace yourself. Eat what you want. But don't eat till you're sick. Are you sure it's always going to be there? It's almost always going to be there. I mean, there are a few times in the night when it's harder to come by. But you know what? Most of your cruise, you're going to have access to a lot of food. So, you know, eat at the normal times and eat a little bit more. But don't stuff yourself. So You'll be miserable. I have a story about a particular food that they ran out of. Uh-oh. Yeah. So one of my favorite things to eat on a cruise for at dinner is I go over to like the bar, the little bar with the, the cheese and the meats and stuff. And I love prosciutto. So I had some. She likes to ham it up. So I had some prosciutto every night. And I think it was the last night of the cruise. I went to get a, some pizza and they had they have a pizza with prosciutto on it. And I'm like, I really want to try this pizza. So I ordered that pizza and they said they're out of prosciutto. So let me amend that. Don't overeat except <laughs> for prosciutto. If you are cruising with Kimbra, get your fill of prosciutto because she's going to eat it all. She's going to eat all the prosciutto on the bo- on board the ship. That's that's what my friend told me. My friend said, well, if you didn't eat all the prosciutto every other <laughs> night, they would have had this pizza for you. <laughs> that is crazy. I'll, I'll keep an eye on her. I'm going to I'm going to limit her prosciutto intake on the next cruises that she's on. Another mistake is over drinking. Over drinking? Yeah. So I know that the drink package can sometimes make people want to drink more and more to get their money's worth, but over drinking just makes you not feel good on the cruise. It's not good for you. And if you don't have the drink package, then just over drinking costs a lot of money lots of money lots of money that's why they that's why people spend so much money on the drink package which is expensive because it's even more expensive if they're drinking that much yeah look i know i know a lot of people that's like a big part of the experience is drinking while they're on a cruise uh for me it's not but uh even if it is a big part of your experience you know be responsible make sure that you are capable of getting back to your stateroom. You're not going to make yourself sick and you're not going to do anything stupid. You know, be, be responsible. I know you don't have to drive or anything. That's great. Cut loose a little bit, but, um, you know, keep it, keep it under control people. Plus I don't want to hear your drunk, butt walking around, you know, making a ruckus. <laughs> well, you're going to have to get used to a drunk butt making some ruckus. Well, not, never mind. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to hear anything about butts making ruckuses anymore. That goes back to the overeating. Oh, Matt, what's next? So, okay, so here's another thing. When you're on the cruise, there's a lot of stuff to do. One of the one of the mistakes people make is trying to do too much of it. And, and it's kind of funny because... One of the things that people will tell you why they don't cruise is because they think they'll be bored. I'm guilty of thinking that. 
you're not going to be bored because there's so many activities going on. At the same time, you don't have to do every one of them. You know, don't spend your whole cruise going from point A to point B to point C to point D. Take some time and just relax. Sit on the deck. Read a book. Draw a picture. Have a drink. Just chillax. You know what I'm saying? Don't have, feel like you have to do everything and uh, and be busy, 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 go, go, go. That's part of the cruise is relaxing. Those activities are there so that you can break up the monotony of doing nothing. And that is the beauty of cruising. The next mistake is not drinking enough water. Wait, we already covered drinking. Well, we covered like alcohol drinking. So okay. not drinking enough water, one Water is something that you need in general, but if you are drinking, like we had talked about before, you need water to rehydrate because that alcohol will dehydrate you. Even if you're not a drinker, drinking lots of water is good because you need it. You're out in the sun, you're sweating, it's hot. I mean, we're talking Caribbean cruises here, you know, but uh, yeah, keep yourself hydrated so that you are healthy, you don't get headaches, that you just, you know, just good for you. Just drink some water, man. It'll also help if you overate. Get some water in your body. Just drink the water. Drink the water. I bring a water bottle with me and I have it filled all the time. Don't drink the pool water though, because it's usually salt water. And if it's not, it might be pee in that water. Ew. <laughs> now skipping back and forth here a little bit, but we talked about not doing too much, but do something. You know, don't just sit in the stateroom. Don't just sit on the deck. Be active. Participate. You're with a bunch of people. Most of them you're probably never going to see again. You know, get a little courage in you and do some activities. Have some fun. Just balance it out. Different people, that's going to be different things, different amounts of activities versus relaxation. You know you better than anybody else. Make sure you get that balance right. Do try some things. Try some new stuff on the cruise. Part of the fun of cruising is trying new experiences. I did my first ever karaoke on a cruise. I would have never done that before. Now I'm probably going to do it again at some point. Yes, so, you will. <laughs> so don't limit yourself either. So don't do too much. Don't do too little. Everything in moderation, my friends. Another big mistake that people make is not paying attention to their onboard spending. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so make sure you know what you're buying, how many drinks you're having. Check your check your bill often. They usually have little computers, or I know Carnival, you can look it up on the, the app that they have. Make sure there's no wrong charges. I've had that happen, and I know a lot of other people that have had that happen. They find charges that they didn't make, and uh, they're usually the cruise lines are really good about correcting it, uh, it is kind of a pain because you have to call or go to guest services, but um, but they can usually correct it really easily. But you got to be aware of it. You don't want to wait and find out about that after you're off the ship or just miss it altogether and buy somebody down the hallway a drink. So pay attention to that stuff for sure. Yeah, I usually go onto the ship with a budget. Like I can spend this much money. And once I've hit that, I'm done. Well, and another mistake people sometimes make, and this kind of happened to you too, is you can get confused about certain types of transactions and end up blowing your budget on accident. What we're talking about here is, well, tell them, tell them your story uh, about when that happened to you. Yeah, so we, we won a, my friend and I did one of those 
you know, first day spa things and we won a gift certificate for like a $75 or something like that. So we went over and, and booked a massage and they were like, yeah, it's $169 or something like that. And we're like, oh, cool. Let's do this couple's massage. It's $169. We've got the $75 going towards it and then we'll just split the rest. So the lady booked it. It was great. Wonderful. We did the massage at the end. They showed us a bill and it was twice that amount. Yeah, so you'd think couples massage that the price they would give you would be for the couples. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a couples massage, but that is not the way they sold it. And usually the cruise ships are going to be pretty straightforward with you. You got to watch the spa, though, and also in ports. Uh, I one time I ordered in Mexico, Costa Maya, Mexico, I ordered a platter that was in pesos, so I wasn't sure how much I was spending. And uh, I didn't realize how much food was on it. So they kind of encouraged me to order two of them because there were two of us. And we ended up with way too much food and like a $75 bill when we thought we were going to be spending about $15. Luckily, we had cash on us. I don't know what would have happened if we didn't. I don't know what they would have done. But anyway, be careful about spending money when you're on the ship, but especially when you're off the ship. Make sure you are completely aware of what things are going to cost you and and settle that before you actually participate in food or whatever the event is so that you don't get scammed and that you don't or you don't just make an honest mistake and uh, totally mess up your budget or spend more than you wanted to spend on something. You had a you had a similar um, experience with like a bracelet too, or your mom with that lizard, right? Well, yeah. Okay. So there's some other examples. We were in Curacao and uh, this guy put green iguanas on my mom's head and was like, here, give me your phone. I'll take a picture. And um, or I think I took the picture. I don't think he took the phone. And then afterwards, he wanted 20 bucks. Now, he didn't tell us he was going to want 20 bucks. He didn't tell us he was going to want any money. I assumed he was going to want money. I mean, that was a pretty safe thing to to assume. But I didn't know if it was going to be five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks. You want to establish that up front. And then in the Bahamas, and this happened to, to us, but also I've heard it happening to a lot of other people, they they put a bracelet on you and they're like, oh, it's free, it's free. And, and then you're like, no, I don't want it. And they're like, no, it's free. And then they tie it on your wrist. And then they tell you that it was made by orphans or something and that they want a $20 donation that they're very insistent that you give. It's like, I didn't even want this bracelet, and I'm probably going to bet that it's not going to any orphans. So uh, <laughs> be aware of scams like that in like straw markets and places. I've heard of things like that happening to people in Jamaica as well. But also be aware, just be careful. Just be, you need to be like a defensive driver. You need to be a defensive shopper and uh, and traveler. Be aware of your surroundings. You know, you're you're not in the United States. You got to just pay attention to what's going on which may be another reason not to overdrink when you're in port. <laughs> <laughs> the next mistake we have is don't forget about gratuities. So That's I, a good tip. Too. Yeah. Ha ha. That's funny. Yeah. So I like to prepay my gratuities so that they are done and I don't have to think about having to pay that at the end of my cruise. Yeah. You know, I mean, the more money you can save up front, the less money you have to worry about coming up with at the end. 
And then if something happens right before your cruise, you're good. You're already paid for. You don't have to spend any more money, but you want to cover your bases and gratuities are one of them. And if you don't know about that, that could be a big mistake and you may not have budgeted for it. So don't forget the gratuities. My advice, just like Kimbra, is to just pay those suckers up front and then you're good. You, you know that money's done. It's gone. It's gone to wherever. Now, something you can do if you get really good service is you can always give them more. And uh, I, I recommend that if you think you got really good service, give them some extra money, but uh, cover the basics of your gratuities. That's a mistake that could happen. Another thing is make sure you don't miss your flight whenever you are leaving. If you're going to be flying home, don't schedule that airplane flight. Let's say you, you're getting back into port and you, you have a 10 o'clock flight. Well, yeah, maybe nine times out of 10, you're going to make that depending on how far the airport is. But like in Tampa, if there's any kind of fog, which happens on a somewhat regular basis, then the ships can't get into the port. They can't get under the Skyway Bridge. I've seen ships delayed all day. I've seen them delayed for a few hours. Maybe there's traffic getting to the airport. There's so many things that can delay you getting to the, the port and getting from the ship to your airplane. Don't make that mistake and book that flight too early. Make sure you have plenty of time to get to your flight to get home so you don't get stuck with hotel bills and, and that sort of thing. The last thing that I have on the list is stuff happens. Ship happens. Ship happens. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, things change. You know, something might not go the exact way that you have planned. Um, Port gets canceled because of a windy day. Bad weather. You might... I went to Grand Cayman one time with, you know, a, a whole day planned, and the waves were too strong, so we had to go to a different place to tender in and we didn't get to do half the stuff that we had planned so just go with the flow know that it might not go the way it's planned and you're on vacation have a good time yeah you never you can't like tommy casabona from always be booked always says you can never predict a cruise and that's absolutely correct if look plan on one thing plan on having a good time everything else is just icing on the cake and uh, if, if you get scammed in Costa Maya and have to pay $75 for more food than you could have possibly eaten all week, then, you know, suck it up. Don't let it ruin your vacation. Have fun. Relax. Enjoy yourself. Cut the stress. You're there to cut the stress. Don't make that mistake and, uh, and, and let that ruin your cruise. Well, Matt, I think that wraps up our cruise mistakes if you guys out there have anything that we missed, any mistakes you've made, anything that you can think of, send us an email at fantasticcruising at gmail.com. Yeah, I want to hear your mistakes. I want to know what you guys... I mean, I've made my mistakes. I want to know what you guys have done. What did you do wrong? What are your mistakes? It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Now, one thing that wasn't a mistake was making that post for people to post their underwater videos because we keep getting more. Uh, our friend Ian in Australia put up some of his other videos that he's made from uh, diving in, or snorkeling in Fiji and Japan. Um, our friends Roy and Amanda show special features. They put up our adventure that we were with them on for uh, going to Alexander Springs here in Florida. And we still haven't gotten our video up, so... Props to them for getting it done. We should have gotten ours done. We didn't. And then we got some other videos. We got an, I think we got another one from um, 
Andrew and Mallory. And then the two newest videos that we got are snorkeling videos in Cozumel, Mexico. One of them from Mike Lovelace, and that's his YouTube channel. It's actually Mike Lovelace. And you can, by the way, you can find these videos on the Fantastic Cruising community over on Facebook. Join that if you haven't already, and look for the post in the announcements on underwater videos to find these links. Uh, Mike was at Nachi Kakom, and he was snorkeling there, and uh, he got to see like a spotted eagle ray, and it looked really cool. Some good footage there. And then uh, our friends, Ann and Steven from Ship Shape with Ann and Steven, they posted another video from Cozumel. They went on a catamaran and uh, they were snorkeling. Both of these are in deep water snorkeling and they saw some cool stuff, including a moray eel, which Ann requested that I identify for. And I'm not going to do that. What? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Even though I said one of the things that I really like doing is identifying animals for people. I'm not going to do it. You know why I'm not going to do it? Why not? Because I'm going to save it for next week's episode. Do you know why I'm going to save it for next week's episode? Ooh, I think I know. Anne and Steven are going to be on there. They're going to be our guest co-hosts. We are going to be joined by Ship Shape with Anne and Steven. And we're going to talk about uh, this New Year's topic of getting fit, staying fit, uh, eating healthy on a cruise, this sort of thing. So if that's something that interests you, or you just know Anne and Steven how freaking cool they are then definitely check out next week's episode okay matt so at this time we have eight more episodes until our next cruise that's right and when the eighth one comes out we'll actually be on the brilliance of the seas Woohoo! Woo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, so we wanted to do a countdown eight things we are looking forward to yes for this cruise yes yeah, so we're going to start with Item number eight. We are kind of counting them down in order of things that we're looking the most forward to. Uh, Although some of them are kind of even for for us, I think. But what is number eight? So number eight is kind of an obvious one, but it is we're going to be on vacation. A nice, relaxing vacation away from work. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's always good, right? Take that break from work and it's vacation. So that I know that's like the simplest one. It's like the duh obvious one right but that's where we got to start with number eight just glad to be on vacation don't forget to listen next week when we're joined by ann and steven and we reveal the next thing we're looking forward to but for now it's time to head for the horizon until next time seize the day have a fantastic week everybody Kimbra. What? I got a would you rather. Okay. Would you rather have food delivered or go get dinner somewhere? I think go get dinner somewhere. Okay. Would you rather go to... I don't know what that is. Well, you didn't give me a... I don't... Yeah. What do you want to eat? You want to eat Mexican... Indian, American, what do you want to eat? What's open right now? I don't know. Probably Mexican slash American because it's not real Mexican. (laughs) Not the good stuff? Yeah. I don't know. What's, it's kind of late. Is it?
Oh, it's 10 o'clock. Yeah, it's 10 o'clock. So there's only one thing that I can think of that's, well, maybe two things. What, Taco Bell? And McDonald's. And McDonald's. This is the life of a podcaster. So I know what we're going to do, Matt. What are we going to do? Get Mexican food from McDonald's? No. Oh. We're going to get McDonald's because starting Monday, we're not allowed to eat it anymore. Oh, yeah. The diet thing's coming. And uh, we can actually eat Taco Bell on the diet, but not McDonald's. Yeah. So let's do McDonald's. I mean, nothing good at McDonald's. I'm sure there's things you could eat at McDonald's, but who wants to eat that? So let's do McDonald's for dinner. And then we can eat all the Taco Bell we want. Well, that's not true. Well, that's true. We can eat a little bit of Taco Bell sometimes. Okay. Well, more than McDonald's. Okay. Are you good with that? I'm. Let's go. I'm hungry. <laughs> You're hungry. Oh.